0: This is Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, and welcome to Use Your Voice. Today, we are exploring a very interesting issue that many of us actually may not be fully informed on. I think I put myself maybe even in that category, but we've got some experts today on to talk to us about the issue of marijuana. How's it changed? Like, why is there this, like, movement among states? to actually legalize it? What's the issues around that? Is it a problem? Is it no big deal? What's happening? From the nation's capital, this is Use Your
1: Voice with Penny Nance, president
0: and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Welcome back. Today we're talking about marijuana and specifically a bill called the SAFE, S-A-F-E, Banking Act, which would allow the marijuana industry to have access to banking services and interstate investment. While marijuana remains illegal on the federal level, using funds to facilitate illegal activity is known as money laundering. And this bill is a government-approved money laundering because, let's remember, it is legal to sell marijuana in some states, but in other states it still is not. The bill passed the House and now lies in the hands of the chair of the Senate Banking Committee, and that is Senator Mike Crapo from Idaho. Today joining us, I have Concerned Women for America's legislative director, Jamie Ballou. And I want to, Jamie, welcome, by the way. Thank you. This is your first time on Use Your Voice. This is. So we're very happy. She hails from the great state of Virginia and has been with CWA for a number of years. She's one of my smart millennials that works so hard and does incredible work. But I want to start out with you, Jamie, before we bring in our other guest. And I just wanted you to kind of give sort of an overview of the issue. For somebody that's in their car right now listening and they haven't really thought too much about it, maybe they had a wayward youth and occasionally smoked pot then, but, you know, certainly grown out of it or whatever it is now, they don't necessarily come to this issue with all the understanding of where we are today. So can you help sort of differentiate between marijuana in the past where it is today and why there's concern. Sure.
1: I totally get this because I think about a year ago when I was coming into this issue, I was also in the shoes of the person driving in your car wondering why does this apply to me and why do I care about a year ago? And, you know, the more research I did on this, it was it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. And the marijuana industry and it is an industry has a lot of good positive press but there's there's a dark truth to that And, you know, to speak to your point on how this is different from the past, 40, however many years ago, you know, in the 1970s and 60s, I'm a big Beatles fan. You know, Mm -hmm. we all know, you know, probably someone who smokes a marijuana if we didn't smoke it ourselves. But um, I didn't, by the way, I
0: just want to get that out there. I never have either.
1: (laughs) Um, But the difference really is in potency of THC, which THC is one of the many cannabinoids which is a part of the marijuana plant that and this is the the chemical that would produce a high. So THC potency these days is significantly higher than it was way back. So way back having, you know, a joint would be, you know, maybe 2 to 5% THC potent. And now we're looking at an average joint being 18 to 25% THC potent and then things like edibles and vapes, but it's that high potency stuff that we're now looking at. And that is causing a lot of issues with, you know, a lot of really bad, um, psychosis episodes for in some people. And it's been connected to schizophrenia. There's a really great book out there by Alex Berenson called tell your children, which really goes into the, uh, schizophrenia and psychosis issue on marijuana, but it really isn't as innocent and safe as people think that it is.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've noticed, you know, just in, from the news, you know, stories about it, that the marijuana industry and you know we've been concerned about vaping right and flavors and all of that well the marijuana industry by the way is in cahoots with the vaping industry right but they are the worst actors i mean we're talking gummy bears we're talking flavors we're talking talk about appealing to kids yeah and as we've already said it's it's way more potent than it was back in the '60s or '70s when like our mothers or whatever were protecting. My mom didn't either, by the way. So whoever, <laughs> hi mom, <laughs> yeah, love you, mom. Um, but but who you know, whatever our friends that you know, mm-hmm. we, we all have friends that perhaps did. Um, and, but it's different. It's totally different now. And mm-hmm. w- and the. Point about dabs is like it, it is it, as potent as marijuana is now. Dabs is the most potent, and apparently, right. is like you know sort of the super drug of THC, and has all sorts of concerns around it. I really do wonder why there's any even thought around combining a legal entity like banking, the banking industry, which, alongside some that are illegal, depending on the state. So tell me just a minute about this the SAFE Act.
1: So the SAFE Act is a piece of legislation that would give the marijuana industry everything they want in terms of banking access and investment. Marijuana is a federally illegal substance, and it doesn't really matter what states do in this realm because We don't give states the ability to decide what kind of medications they're going to allow in their states. We have the FDA for that. Mm -hmm. You know, states can't forego collecting federal income taxes for their citizens. There's things that we acknowledge that the federal government has jurisdiction over. And drug regulation, whether that's medical or a controlled substance, drug with the potential for abuse, falls into that category because of how interstate commerce works. And so you know, like I said, it doesn't really matter what states do. It's still federally illegal. And so the SAFE Act is the marijuana industry's solution to a problem that they have created. So they want to be able to accept credit card transactions in dispensaries, and they want to, which I mean, some of them can do anyway, because there was a guidance put out a while ago um, under President Obama's administration that, that told banks that were chartered on the state level how to do things as opposed to federal banks, federally chartered banks, which are susceptible to federal laws. But it gets all very confusing and I won't go too much into detail on that, but this also would allow for investment. So we could have, you know, the all these marijuana companies on Wall Street level and getting all of that massive investment would basically mean doom and gloom because the people who have the money are unfortunately the people who are driving the conversation and there's not facts backing up what they're saying it's mm-hmm. all completely motivated by money it's motivated by capitalizing on addiction
0: right because what we understand and what we know is like look wall street just wants to make money and right. there're very l- few limits on how <laughs> and we've seen that money roll into washington john boehner former speaker of the house oh this is a billion dollar industry and by the way if the safe act were to
1: pass and this investment would be allowed speaker boehner stands to make about 20 million dollars so that's i mean there are significant financial interests at stake here this Mm -hmm. isn't just a movement of people who want more natural cures or hippies this is big money big banks big business
0: um one quick question and then i am going to go to our next guest my understanding, and you, maybe you can correct me on this, is that the FDA, and there are clinical trials on ways to use marijuana that does not include THC. That is, it takes away the chemical that creates the high, but actually, cause there are people that think that it helps with certain ailments. I mean, I'm not talking about the people who fake glaucoma or whatever it is in order to use it, but people who perhaps have seizures. So, for people that actually think it helps, is there anything in production now? Is there anything that is in trials that actually could use whatever benefits that it has versus the negative?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. So marijuana is a Schedule I drug, which means, according to the DEA, it's sort of a bureaucratic term. It means that this drug is, is addictive and it has no medicinal purpose. And so that means that we have to study it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So there are currently four drugs FDA approved on the market right now that have some sort of marijuana derivative and one of them is Epidiolex which treats two rare seizure disorders in children. And this is derived from marijuana. And so there are I think legitimate research avenues for this, you know, if marijuana is so promising then we can and we are researching it. Mm-hmm. But this idea of being pushed that marijuana is going to do all these wonderful things and is going to solve every problem that you have, that is, I think, really hurtful to medicine at large because there are certain standards that something has to meet in order for the FDA to approve it as a medicine. Mm-hmm. There's five standards. I won't get into that, but marijuana doesn't meet any of them. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to learn more about this, we just put out a policy paper on this. It's on the States Act, which is a similar bill. We get into this medical issue and we talk about, you know, why marijuana doesn't meet the criteria for medicine. So if you're interested in that, then I am so glad that you are because I spent my life putting energy into that this. That's the
0: counterpoint. You're yes, about. the
1: counterpoint. So you can
0: come to ConcernWomen.org and we, will do, we do have resources. We currently have resources up for you to learn more about that. But let's take a break and we will be right back.
1: Hi CWA listeners. You've heard all this talk about socialism in America today. Do you want to understand what socialism is and how it impacts society or how to respond to socialist promises like free stuff, healthcare and college? For answers to these and many other questions, visit concernwomen.org. Click on podcast and for a donation of any amount, you'll receive a copy of The Truth About Socialism. Again, concernwomen.org. Click on podcast.
0: Welcome back to Use Your Voice. I want to bring in really somebody that has a lot of insight into the the criminal part of this, sort of what the law enforcement issues are around the legalization of marijuana or the legalization of banking. Joining us today, Monty Stiles, who, among other things, served for 29 years as the assistant U.S. attorney for the District of Idaho, where he supervised the Organized Crime and Drug Enforcement Task Force. Monty is received numerous accolades and awards for his work in drug prevention and education and serves as a speaker today and an educator. So, Monty, thank you so much for coming on and helping us to understand this complicated issue. We appreciate you joining us today.
2: Thank you, Penny. It's an honor for me to be on your podcast. I love what you guys do. And I've been working with Jamie for a while on her wonderful paper. It's an awesome, awesome resource encourage everybody to look at it. Thank you for having me on and talking about this very important topic.
0: Monty, you've heard Jamie sort of explain the overarching issue. What else do we need to know? Like, what what are we missing here, Um, and what is happening on the state's level on this issue?
2: My background, of course, was in law enforcement. I spent 30 years investigating and prosecuting high-level drug traffickers as part of a team that we had cases all over the world, so I'm very familiar with federal laws, drug trafficking organizations, how they work, how they think, what motivates them. And, but for the last eight to nine years, I, I left government service so that I could do drug prevention full time. So I've been in the law enforcement side of things. I've worked in DC on the Hill. I've worked at Maine Justice. I've been asked to speak nationally and internationally on these issues, including drug trafficking, money laundering, and unfortunately, in an effort to do drug education in the last uh, number of years, recognized like most people that the pro-legalization forces have are basically um, undoing decades and decades of effective drug prevention. They are undoing all of that. And so, what's happening in the United States right now is a real tragedy. People need to understand what's happening, why it is harmful, and what to do about it. I think, I think it's a very, very timely subject, and it's related to the legalization movement, why it's happening, who's behind it, but, and the federal banking, safe banking as they call it, is a part of that. If I, if you don't mind, Kenya, to me, everything gets summed up by this. These are two core principles. That I think every citizen should consider. One was what Frederick Douglass said. He said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And of course, that would include women. A a corollary to that is it's easier to defend a city than to reclaim it. And what we have is people that are being allowed to destroy America. And the idea is we can break people and then we'll fix them later. I think that is. unconscionable. It's immoral. It's illegal. And we need to educate people as to what's happening to our nation because of it. I'd love
0: for you to, because I think, you know, again, the skeptics out there that are listening right now and says, how are we breaking people? You've got, you know, because again, their marijuana lobby has got a lot of money. They've got a great media and PR team, and they've managed to really... I think, create the idea that at this point it's medicinal, it's natural, and what's the big deal? What's the big deal? What is the problem with the legalization of marijuana?
2: This is the easiest way I can break it down. It's the easiest way, I think, to start a conversation instead of an argument. I often explain to people because people will go off on this fact or this fact, but here's what it breaks down to me. This isn't just about drug legalization, it's the normalization of drug use in America. What is being put out there by multimillionaire drug lobbying organizations and the pot industry itself, as, long, as well as others who financially benefit from this uh, teamwork, is that it doesn't hurt anybody, it's inevitable, it's, it's even medicine. All of this stuff, when you think about not that many years ago, what did the tobacco companies tell us? They lied and got away with it for decades and decades, and how many people died as a result of their lives? This is big tobacco times ten it's big tobacco two, three, four, five. and in fact, big tobacco is combining with big marijuana to do this to us
0: yeah, and i can I can certainly verify that that's true.
2: So here's, seen that. here's how I think the best conversation can start with your neighbors, friends, family, and that is this. Ask people to consider some words. Consider the words that marijuana users describe, use to describe the state of being high. Not my words, not your words, not a police officer's words. The words they use to describe what happens in their brain and body when they're high on marijuana. Those, There's lots of them, but but pick a few. Stoned, high-waisted, baked, fried, toasted, burnt, blazed, gone, faded, stupid, wreck. That's just a few. And those are just the polite words. And if you think about that, that's the point. That's what the industry pushes. They don't push low THC. We're not just legalizing marijuana. We've legalized and normalized the sale of THC. That's what everybody's after. But if you look at those words and you compare them to other words, that are valued in every community in America, you would see words that everybody wants more of, excellent parents, quality education, safe highways, sound judgment, successful employment, respect for laws, everything down to safe communities and healthy kids and families. If you put that list of values next to that list of words that people use to describe being high, stoned high-waisted bait, those two things are not compatible. If you have more of the one, you will have less of the other. If you want excellent parents, you are not going to do anything that encourages, allows more parents to be stoned. What that does at the bottom level is it impairs judgment. It impairs uh, judgment, it impairs all kinds of physical things, and none of that is good for society, let alone children. That's the bottom line. If people will only look at those two lists of things, then all they have to do is make a choice. Do we want more of this or do we want more of that? And then when they decide that question, they have to ask themselves, should we be changing public policies and laws that allow the increase in the number of people in this state of mind? It is a tragedy. And we instead of listening to hype from that side, we need to be asking our politicians those questions. Which values are we going to promote in America?
0: I, and I, I agree with all that. I mean, I don't think we need a more stoned, more drunk, less sober country. I mean, it, it is a certainly an issue that we grapple with in every community on different levels, Whether it's opioids or marijuana, and again, you know, you've got sort of the drunk driving on marijuana issue of how do you test for that, and they're trying, but they can't really. The fact that you you have more children being born with THC in their system uh, because we've normalized it and told everybody it's natural, what's the big deal? Um, And then, you know, certainly we have alcohol. So, so the question then, I guess, one thing, one thing I want to ask you about, because, again, Monty, you do this, so you can answer this. For for the, for the person who says to you, well, we, ha- we have alcohol that's legal, and it does the very same things that what you're saying, it's celebrated, right? You know, like French wine, and, you know, is, is very social. What is, why is that different? Why is pot different? It's natural. How is how's it not the same?
2: People use alcohol responsibly. Other people use it irresponsibly; terrible things happen. It in in that the alcohol form, whether it's other that or other legal drugs like tobacco, there are terrible consequences to its use and misuse. The big question is: Do we want to add to that pile of bad Mm -hmm. things that are happening? Do we want to increase the number of things that can make people have, have accidents, have bad, make bad choices? Um, not be there right. for their children Affect their employment So it's, uh, it's not a question of Is this worse than the other It's a question of do we want more
0: Bad right. things
2: to happen I
0: had a meeting with the president uh, About I don't know a couple weeks ago And it was on the issue of vaping And his question to the group was If we make flavored Vaping Illegal Won't people buy it Illegally and the truth is, sure, pe- there's always going to be a black market. But, and, and then his question is like, what are the difference in the numbers? And, I, and, and the point that I, that I was thinking and uh, I made was, look, we don't know the number. The answer is more, right? If it's legal, there's more use of it. That's the reality. We'll, our, and we saw this. We've seen this happen in states around the country. We've seen it happen in Colorado. There's been dire consequences, um, in California and Colorado for their legalization. And it's not just, you know, even medicinal use, it was so loosey-goosey in the terms that it, 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 recreational use was really the inevit- inevitable position. Um, one last thing, and we got to go. This has been great. I think we could have done, you know, a solid hour on this issue because it is interesting and it's, and it's confusing. Uh, again, if you come to ConcernedWomen.org, we, we're going to have our counterpoint up as a resource that helps you understand a little more deeply about this issue and give you some of the data. It's highly annotated because, our again, our legislative director, Jamie Blue did a great job in writing it and deeply researched it. But I wanted to know, just before we go, Monty, tell me what you're doing. You've got an effort going on in the states in Idaho, which is where Senator Crapo lives. So tell us kind of what you're working on.
2: Yes. Idaho is one of the few states that has not legalized pot in some form. We have great people here. We have great citizens. We believe that Idaho's worth saving. We talk about Idaho being an island of sanity and a sea of insanity. And the consequences are obvious. We have great people. We've been working on this for a long time. And one of the issues we work on because Senator Crapo is our senior senator is the banking issue. And that's important because like Jamie said, if they get access to the banking system, we basically said, that an illegal industry that commits felonies every single day, regardless of what state they're in, we're going to give them special access that facilitates their other federal crimes. It's it's a crazy thing. We we might as well say just legalize it all other than create a system whereby criminals can do some things legally, but the rest of what they do is illegal. So. One of the things we're doing is working with Senator Crapo. He's actually great. He's got a lot of concerns that he's trying to address. He's put out questions to the public about what do we do to protect children and communities. But the lobbyists are pushing hard to basically say solve our problems. Make make it easier for us to do this Mm -hmm. illegal thing. And they're harming people as a result
0: the, again the the money that we have seen roll through this town from both the tobacco and the marijuana industry is breathtaking and it the libertarian groups that, some of whom we worked with and we like you know they just come at this at a completely different position and, you know, we believe in small government, not no government on this, and we think that, you know, we have a, a compelling state interest to keep people safe. You know, we, we wish that the state had taken a stronger hand on opioids sooner, and maybe we wouldn't have so many deaths. So we see this as another train wreck coming down the road, but again, it is very, very complicated, and there's uh, lots of questions around it, but we'll continue and stay on it, but I just want, Monty, thank you, Monty Stiles, for joining us today, and uh, Jamie Ballew, our Legislative Director at Concern Women for America, thank you for just sort of this in-depth conversation and helping us begin to understand what's going on. With that, we'll close this episode of Use Your Voice. We hope that you will take a minute to come to ConcernWomen.org, learn more, and sign up For our weekly email alerts, we'll give you the in-depth, the skinny on what we're doing every single week and keep you up to date. And hopefully you can pray, pray for us, contribute to us, be a part of what we're doing.
1: Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.